0: What a terrible week I only know this because I did check the scores I checked the Scott Fish Bowl scoreboard That's all I checked I'm in first place in division and points I beat the person who was first with win-loss records so And now I'm just firmly entrenched My playoff berth seems to be assured That's all I know that's all I know about what happened. That's all I know. I have some, some notes I'm going to pull up as we go. I know about some of these injuries that happened famously, most concerningly, uh, Chase Edmonds for my takes, right? For my takes to come to fruition, for my takes to deliver, we need Chase Edmonds. We were very bullish on Chase Edmonds, not just the summer, but all fall, you know, trade for him, go get him. Had Faraz on the show, on the Mind of Mansion show, Faraz Tadiki. He's like, you know what? Keep, keep pushing the button. Anytime you can get Chase Edmonds in trade, push the button. I was like, okay. All right, Faraz, okay. I needed that. I needed that, that reassurance on Chase Edmonds. Then what does he do? High ankle sprain. Because of course, of course. God. Podfather curse. This is a big Podfather curse week just based on a few news items that I saw on the scoreboard. But I don't really know what happened in the games. So we're going to find out together what happened in these games and pulling up the scores right now. Oh, this is wait, what? This is weird. The first game we look at here, Falcons-Saints, is 27-25. I was under the impression, based on all these low scores across fantasy football, that no points were scored. How is it 27-25? This doesn't make any sense. Matt Ryan, big week. A lot of you rested Matt Ryan thinking, oh, it's the Saints defense. Also, it was Trevor Simeon. So you have a pure backup quarterback, a number 3 quarterback in Trevor Simeon, and you have uh, a quality defense in the New Orleans Saints. Well, that's enough reason to just say no, to just to look at Matt Ryan this week and say no. So if you benched Matt Ryan, you should not feel bad. I would not feel bad about that. Very understandable. And as we've mentioned many times... It's more about the fact that he was facing Trevor Simeon and the game could have been you know, 13-10. Like a Trevor Simeon at quarterback can drag that game into the mud, just like we saw with Miami-Houston, which I took a glimpse at just now. So, very understandable if you benched Matt Ryan. Those that didn't, those that maintained the faith in Matt Ryan, were rewarded. You only are really playing Matt Ryan in 2QB and Superflex Leagues. And if you're in a 2QB or Superflex league, you're probably in a position where you're going to start Matt Ryan most weeks. So I, it's a weird thing where you're like, who really benched Matt Ryan? right? You don't have Matt Ryan in single quarterback. You just drop him. right? You can't get a mobile quarterback. You can't get a quarterback with a Konami code. You drop him. If you have him, you're probably in a 2QB or Superflex, and you're starting him. So those, hey, hey, Matt Ryan. Good job. Good job, Matt Ryan. And... Wow, Mike Davis, the rushing leader with 13 rushing yards. So, Corderell Patterson, 9 for 10. We knew this was coming. The regression of the rushing efficiency for Corderell Patterson. The question with Corderell Patterson is going to be the receiving. And he was the receiving leader! 6 for 6! He's so efficient because the, 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 the balls are not deep, right? And sometimes, with Debo Samuel two years ago, very low target depth but he was super productive same with L Patterson this year these are yards after the catch monsters and he had a 64 yard catch that should have been a touchdown should have been a touchdown so imagine that imagine that imagine if he had not been dragged down you know 10 yards to go goes for 136 yards receiving and the touchdown that would have been perfect but that touchdown likely went to either Hayden Hurst or Tajay Sharp, on the Starter Stream show, we somehow, I don't know how it happened, it's not because of the questions that were asked. So in the Starter Stream show we did on Sunday, we ended up getting into Russell Gage talk somehow, someway. It wasn't a question anyone asked. I was just interested in this Russell Gage phenomenon in that he wasn't targeted, but he was suffering a groin injury, and then he was practicing on a limited basis, got cleared to play, and you might think, well, maybe that's why he wasn't targeted. Maybe he was hobbled in week eight. He rehabilitates that groin injury, a mild groin injury, throughout the week, and he can come back strong. And sure enough, eight targets. So I said in deep leagues where you're starting, you know, four receivers, I'm in some deep leagues, I'm not, not dropping Russell Gage because wide receivers are volatile. And they are fragile week to week. A minor injury can can cost them all the targets in that particular week. And then they come back with eight targets the next week. And that's exactly what happened with Russell Gage. So those of us in deep leagues maintaining the faith in Russell Gage, as we suggested on the starter stream show, which is streaming only, you gotta go to our YouTube channel, you gotta go to our Instagram, right? At Roto Underworld on Instagram. All of you should be following us on Instagram. And we are at player profiler. On TikTok, so we streamed all these platforms on Sunday morning, at 11 o'clock, and we have a big contest right now. Can we get? What, what, what do we get to first? So I'm trying to get us to 5,000 Instagram followers first, and we have others of the company that think we're going to get to 10,000 TikTok followers first. Based on the momentum, we're going to get to 10,000 TikTok followers well before we get to 5,000 Instagram followers. So. I would ask you, the audience, the podcast audience is massive. Go follow us on Instagram. I don't care about TikTok because I want to win the contest, the internal contest at Roto Underworld. I think we can find a way to get to 5,000 Instagram followers before the TikTok goes over 10,000 followers because our TikTok is super successful, Instagram, not so much. Ask our girlfriend. Ask everyone with an Instagram account, wife, grandfather, Children, just follow at Roto Underworld just to help the podfather win an internal Roto Underworld contest on follower counts. Just just do that. Just, Can we just engineer this? Is that too much to ask? Yeah, it probably is, but we should do it. Let's all do this together. Let's get Instagram going. We've only been on there for five years. So that's the one show where we don't actually drop a podcast because it's so time-sensitive. We wouldn't even be able to have a podcast Produced in time before kickoff, so it's not even worth it. But on that show, we did talk about keeping the the candle lit. Keep the light on for Russell Gage, and he delivered. Kyle Pitts is helping the offense by playing on the outside and commanding double coverage, bracket coverage, opposing alpha, corners are matching up with Kyle Pitts. So he's helping the offense. He's just not putting up the big counting stats because he's a 21-year-old tight end being defended like a true number one wide receiver, a veteran number one wide receiver in the NFL. And that's not fair. So he's doing the team a great service. And I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago that when Calvin Ridley comes back, he's gonna benefit from Kyle Pitts commanding all this attention from opposing defenses. But quarter Patterson could have gone just completely nuclear had he been able to score on that sixty four yard catch and run and we're looking back it's 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 such a fun coincidence that this year's mike davis is Corderell patterson <laughs> like he's the league winner off the waiver wire if you if you got Corderell patterson off the waiver wire then you're sitting in the catbird seat in your fantasy football league in most cases that, that's such a huge competitive advantage that you could add quarter patterson to a jonathan taylor that you could add him to a Najee Harris, a Joe Mixon. That's just it's such a huge windfall to have great production from your RB1 and your RB two slot. Marquez Callaway bailed us out with the touchdown, but Traquan Smith get in the yards. And Traquan Smith was much more efficient. But the target leaders were Deontay Harris and Alvin Kamara and Adam Troutman. You shouldn't be surprised when it's the third string quarterback. I'm interested to see if we can see the, the get some Taysom Hill next week, right? They, they take the loss, trying to start Simeon, got cute. You want Taysom Hill. You want the Konami code. They should know they need that. That gives them a competitive advantage. Why they didn't have Taysom Hill out there this week, I don't know. I'm expecting him in week 10. Alvin Kamara got you the targets, the 50 yards receiving plus the 50 yards rushing with a touchdown. He got there, right? He got, he got there somehow, some way. Right, he gave you the 20 fantasy points. It does what. it's why we have Alvin Kamara posted up in the top 10 in Dynasty ahead of a Dalvin Cook. And don't be surprised when he eventually moves ahead of Saquon Barkley in Dynasty. And that of all these running backs that are past the AJ Pecks, that he's the one that endures. He's the one that stays in the top 10 much longer because there's just been less wear and tear fewer carries, fewer up-the-middle runs from Alvin Kamara will help to extend his career and keep him fresh and efficient for years past when other running backs are experiencing an efficiency decline. So that's a fun game. Looking at this game, you're like, oh, we got some touchdowns from Matt Ryan, both rushing and passing. I'm hoping this doesn't start a trend where the rushing touchdowns go to quarterbacks that typically don't even rush for touchdowns. When you have Matt Ryan rushing for a touchdown, that's a rare thing, and I'm worried that that's why, that those scoring touchdowns this week were fantasy non-factors, non-starters. So if we have a bunch of games that went over a 50-point total, and yet fantasy teams across the board were underperforming, and that I know, That was the one thing going into this show I knew. Well, how is that possible? How do you solve that riddle? Well, those scoring the touchdowns have to be fantasy non-factors, or at least those no one was starting this week, like Matt Ryan. Like, oh, Alameda Zacchaeus. Perfect, right? The touchdowns couldn't go to Pitts and Patterson. They had to go to Zacchaeus, Hurst. Players no one's playing. This is how that works. Kenny Stills with a touchdown. Let's start the counter. Let's just start the counter of touchdowns scored by players no one in their right mind would have even considered starting. No one was considering starting those players. Probably, if I had to guess why this was such an underwhelming week for fantasy football, low scoring games and the touchdowns that were scored were scored by relatively irrelevant players. Let's see. Let's see what else we've got. Bills-Jaguars. Hold oh, on, let me refresh. I this might be stuck on, like, the first quarter. That's a final. That's final. Oh, look, yeah, it's all field. What? So the Bills aren't good anymore? What the fuck is happening? The Bills eked one out against the Dolphins recently. They haven't been good the last few weeks. Something's wrong with the Bills. What's wrong with the Bills? What the hell is wrong with the Bills? They lost to Pittsburgh. They had a, a sort of a 26-11 win against Miami. They lost at Tennessee the week before the bye. That wasn't a, a, an impressive win against Miami. Then they lose to Jacksonville. This is this is frightening. This team is not what they were sold to be. They're not what I thought they were. Wow. Okay. The AFC is wide open. Oh man. I think there's probably you could argue, you could argue there's five teams in the NFC. That are all better than every team in the AFC. Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona, and Los Angeles. You could argue all those teams are better than any team in the AFC right now. Wow. Wow. I'm just not sold on Tennessee. I can't get there with Tennessee. They, they beat the Bills. And I don't know how they did this week. We'll find out. But I don't know. Man, really, Tennessee? Really? They must have won. Based on their record, they must have won this week. Interesting. God. Wait, they won? Wasn't Tennessee playing the Rams? I got to look. I'm going to look this up. I got to look this up. I got to look ahead. Tennessee beat the Rams by 12? Okay. All right. All right. T- Tennessee Tennessee's now in the driver's seat. Tennessee's in the driver's seat. Okay. Okay. Any takeaways from this Buffalo Jacksonville game? Uh, not really. Not really. Zach Moss picked up an injury. Jamal Agnew the former cornerback for Detroit, Detroit cornerback Jamal Agnew, is the best receiver. Apparently, I keep playing Marvin Jones thinking he's just a volatile receiver and he's eventually going to course correct and you're going to get some some of these spike weeks from Marvin Jones. He always does every year. Just got to keep playing him, keep the faith in Marvin Jones, lean into the volatility, and nothing. LaVisca Chennault, nothing. Told you. I told you. I told you. I told you. Put LaVisca Chenault on the block, as I have done. I've already traded him in one place. I have him in a couple other leagues. I'm trying to get rid of LaVisca Chenault. If he's not going to fire in a season where DJ Chark goes to IR early and the only other receiver of consequence is Marvin Jones, a 31-year-old Marvin Jones, and he can't outplay Jamal Agnew, that's a problem for LaVisca Chenault. I know he's four for four, but targets are a skill. If he's not commanding the targets... You can't have faith in LaVisca Chennault. I'd rather have Cole Beasley. Look at Cole Beasley. 11 targets. Stephon Diggs, still no touchdown, but he did get the eight targets. Is the league starting to figure out Josh Allen? No touchdowns, two interceptions. Is the league starting to decode the tendencies of Josh Allen? Because he still had the high completion percentage. This is bizarre. He had the nice rushing production. He had the high completion percentage. No touchdowns. Devin Singletary, though, eight targets. And based on Zach Moss picking up an injury, now that we know that Zach Moss is hurt, Singletary with these eight targets is going to be a running back that I'm going to pursue. You want that guy. It doesn't much matter that he's a small, slow satellite back. The fact that he is going to be the primary running back in that in that what was a prolific offense I think still could be if he's gonna get all the check downs and he's gonna get the rushing production, whatever rushing production they have, maybe he can get some touchdowns inside the 20. Suddenly he's a top 20 running back in any given week in fantasy football. All it takes is the one injury to Zach Moss, and then he's showing up in the box score with eight targets. So if he can be put in a position to command eight targets, I know it was a it was a it looks like a, a pass heavy game, super inefficient pass heavy game. Checkdown game for Josh Allen, 47 pass attempts. So Singletary looks like he's going to be a low-end RB2 moving forward with Zach Moss out. Tommy Sweeney was a fake free-square tight end and just underwhelming production from all the receivers involved, as the score suggests. Jesus Christ. Browns-Bengals. Whoa. Whoa. Look at this. Get-right game. For the Browns, this looks like a Nick Chubb game. Oh, Nick Chubb. Oh, the super efficient Nick Chubb. 70-yard run. Two touchdowns, 70-yard run. Oh, beautiful. And I love I love juxtaposing Nick Chubb, a truly explosive between-the-tackles runner. And we talked about this preseason. There's no reason to draft Derrick Henry. You can just draft Nick Chubb in the second round. You want... a a slightly lesser version of Derrick Henry. If you have an affinity for the the between-the-tackles grinders with explosive long-run ability that aren't involved in the passing game, sure, you could draft Derrick Henry or Nick Chubb, less expensive, better at cost. So Nick Chubb was a better option at cost than Derrick Henry in fantasy drafts, and and this is why. This is a very Derrick Henry—this is is a Derrick Henry line where he has 137 yards— including a 70-yard run, two touchdowns, and then two catches. I mean, that's a Derrick Henry line. Quintessential Derrick Henry day. And Donovan Peoples-Jones! Yes! Yes! Athleticism matters in athletics! Oh, super explosive. And, oh, yes. Yes, the Jim Harbaugh corollary surfacing once again. That poor Donovan Peoples-Jones railroaded at Michigan, throttled by Jim Harbaugh, goes for 86 and a touchdown. Beautiful. We streamed him. We streamed him this week. That was good. That was good. That was, a, that was another waiver-wired hit. Waiver-wired hitting it out of the park. But some of my in-week videos, oh, awful. Chase Edmonds, touting Chase Edmonds, no good, no good. Injuries. Just the podfather curse. But on the Starter Stream show, I was lamenting the existence of Jarvis Landry. I was like, I I would rather play Hunter Renfro over Jarvis Landry. There's not many players I would play Hunter Renfro over because I am an upside connoisseur. See Donovan Peoples-Jones. So you're not going to see me starting Hunter Renfro anywhere. But I would start him over Jarvis Landry. That's what I said. I like, oh, but, but, but Jarvis Landry... He's going to be the number one. What about the law of the conservation of targets, Podfather? This, you're violating your own rule. And I agree. I had to think about it. When presented with that dichotomy in the Starter Stream show, Renfro or Landry, I had to think about it. And I was like, you know what? It's got to be Renfro. Because the Raiders have lost Ruggs. The Browns have lost Beckham. But Renfro is just a better player at this point in his career. I'll take I'll take Renfro over Landry. Landry is such a zero. I've tried to, to dump Landry wherever possible. I think I might have Landry and LaVisca Chenault in the league. I'm trying to package them up and just fire them into the sun. And bummer about Jamar Chase actually not being efficient. The, the beauty of Jamar Chase is he gets there no matter what. He went over 10 fantasy points on pure volume. Sometimes he smashes on low volume just with pure efficiency Somehow, some way, Jamar Chase is going to get you 10-plus fantasy points. This this week, he did it with volume. Look at at Mixon, the activity in the passing game, but also he's just a quality receiver. It's not enough that you can just command targets. It's that you catch them and you roll up yards. So five catches, 46 yards. See, that's 10 fantasy points right there. Then you add the two touchdowns as a runner, and suddenly Joe Mixon's one of the top-scoring running backs this week. Joe Mixon, Jonathan Taylor, but... Here's what happened. Here's what happened. This is how you have a low-scoring, super-underwhelming fantasy week is that the team, where everyone was starting guys, Right. you were starting Burrow, you were starting Mixon, you're starting Chase, you're starting Higgins. Some of you were starting even Tyler Boyd. Where was he on here? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He was outproduced by Mike Thomas. Wait a second. So this week... And for the remainder of this NFL season, the 2021 NFL season, Mike Thomas on Cincinnati will be the good Mike Thomas, and bad Michael Thomas is now bad Michael Thomas. He's scoring you zero fantasy points this year. Unless I'm wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, everybody. Correct me if I'm wrong. Michael Thomas is going to score zero fantasy points this year. And if you score zero fantasy points, doesn't that make you bad? on some level, in some ways, isn't that bad? Isn't zero fantasy points bad? Zero fantasy points is bad. Let's just say that. We'll say zero fantasy points is bad. So if zero fantasy points is bad, then the Michael Thomas on New Orleans is bad. He's bad Michael Thomas. And if you're scoring fantasy points, aren't fantasy points good? Last time I checked, fantasy points were good. So the Mike Thomas on Cincinnati is good Michael Thomas. I was roasted we saying that the Mike Thomas from Southern Miss was actually the good Michael Thomas, and this is why we don't take L's. Just don't take L's because seven years later, Mike Thomas is outproducing Michael Thomas. Hey! This is how you know that the Browns are not to be trusted for fantasy football. Their, their top receiving producers were Donovan Peoples-Jones, Harrison Bryant, their number three tight end, Nick Chubb, and Demetric Felton. Those are their top four receivers. <laughs> when those are your top four receivers, no one knows who to play. And then the team where everyone knows who to play, where the targets are consolidated around Mixon, Chase, and Higgins. Well, if they're not scoring any touchdowns, there are no fantasy points being scored in this particular week. This is how we get here. So this game also blasted past the, a 50-point game total. It hit the over, and yet very few fantasy points were scored because the wrong team was doing the scoring. It's just this fun box score investigation of how it came to be that so many fantasy teams scored under 100 points. Like, how is that possible? How is it possible that so many fantasy teams couldn't get to 100 points this week? We're seeing how. Either the entire game duds out, like Jacksonville, Buffalo, or... One team blows out another team. The team doing the blowing out was the team without the consistent fantasy assets. Or, as we saw with Atlanta New Orleans, we had a shootout where both teams were scoring, but the players scoring the touchdowns were not typically fantasy relevant. So three games analyzed, three different ways, no one's scoring any fantasy points. So no one's scoring any fantasy points in this next game. The Broncos beat... Wow, look at the Broncos handing the Cowboys their second loss. Decidedly, wait, the Broncos are up 16-0 at halftime? Oh, this is not an Ezekiel Elliott week. Let's see what Ezekiel Elliott produced. Uh-oh, uh-oh, did get some catches, right? Get you five points in the passing game, 50 yards on the ground, a little bit a little bit past 10 fantasy points. Ugh. Dalton Schultz, the receiving leader, You're not allowed to be surprised when Dalton Schultz is the receiving leader with Blake Jarwin on IR. This is good, though. See, this is good because I'm trying to get Schultz everywhere. I want Schultz badly. Without Jarwin, they're going to play more 11 personnel. This is good for Gallup, and it's good for Schultz. Schultz will have big weeks in the next few weeks. One of, got got to think, at least one of week 10, week 11... Coming up, before Jarwin is eligible to return from IR, that Schultz will have one of these multi-touchdown tight end weeks. It's coming. He's going to have one of them soon. Another one. right? He's already had a few. He'll have more without Jarwin. And it's good for Gallup. So more reason to get Gallup and try to get Schultz too. Because now you're you're probably going to see fantasy gamers starting to sour on Schultz. Like, oh, I, I rode Schultz. When he was hot, right? Now he's not, He's no longer the hot hand tight end anymore. I'll, I'll add him into a trade as a throw-in. You could acquire Schultz. Love that. Someone might actually drop him. Like someone could drop him for a Conklin. You could see that. You could see someone dropping him. Or someone activating George Kittle from their injured reserve and then dropping Schultz after he only had 50 yards and you know less than 10 fantasy points. You can see it happening. So watch the waiver wire for Schultz getting dropped, see if he's available, try to get him as a throw-in. We talked about Jerry Judy last week at length. Faraz Tadiki said he's not necessarily a trade target because he's coming back from his high ankle sprain. Wait and see, wait and see. And I said, well, I, I want to get Judy because Trayvon Diggs could shut down Cortland Sutton, and Cortland Sutton gets you nine receiving yards. Meanwhile, Judy, eight targets. So as it turns out, Judy was a strong by candidate, but didn't produce 13 fantasy points. So there's still plenty of time to get Judy. Though the savvy fantasy gamer is going to look at that eight targets and they're not going to they're not going to trade him. They're not going to. But I, I want Judy. Judy's going to keep rising up the dynasty rankings as long as he's commanding the targets and showing that he is fully recovered from the high ankle fucked injury. Woo baby! And Javante Williams over 100 yards. He's going to keep rising up the dynasty rankings. I mean, top 10, next stop for Javante Williams, top five. I mean, someone tried to trade Saquon Barkley to me for Javante Williams and other guys. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? You know, they're going to have the same lifetime value rating on player profilers, dynasty rankings sooner rather than later. Here we go. Saquon Barkley was out this week. So what are you doing? I'm not doing that deal. Hell no, I'm not doing that deal. You want to trade post-Apex running backs right now in Dynasty for Javante Williams. I'm not the sucker on the other side of that transaction. You can go pound sand. Hell yeah. But Dak was back and not fully recovered, apparently. He's not himself. Wow. Wow. This is a super underwhelming performance from Dak Prescott against a good defense. We knew it's a good defense, good secondary. Wow, though. 50% completion percentage, had the interception, lamb, nothing. Nine targets, nothing. This is the volatile life of NFL receivers. Sometimes you don't get targeted like Russell Gage. Sometimes you get nine targets and you only put up four fantasy points. Sometimes you, you blast past 100 yards with multiple touchdowns, you go nuclear. This is the volatile nature of NFL wide receivers. You lean into that volatility. I would go get Michael Gallup. There's going to be more 11 personnel for the next couple weeks. Gallup is scheduled to return. Now's the time to get him. Let's see what game is next. Oh, God. Do I have to talk about this game? I don't want to talk about this game. Dolphins, Texans, Jacoby Brissett, classic Jacoby Brissett game, 240 yards, a touchdown, two interceptions. (laughs) Looks like Miles Gaskin has reestablished himself as the primary back, the undisputed workhorse over Salvon Ahmed. We were debating Scotty Phillips whether Scotty Phillips was a candidate to take over that backfield in Houston eventually. Scotty Phillips had one carry. Brandon Cooks did what Brandon Cooks does, gave you 10 plus fantasy points due to the Tom Savage corollary and uh, Nico Collins 3 for 3 efficient. Nico Collins time is coming. Waddle efficient, 8 for 80, right? Nice. Cool. 80% catch rate. But where are the boom performances? Where are the long touchdowns from Jalen Waddle? This is what he was delivering every week at Alabama. And now he never does it. How can you go from doing it every week to never doing it? Like, how is this possible, Jalen Waddle? How? Could get a possible buy-low situation on Mike Gusecki? That's it. Next game. Woof. Oh, the Raiders got beat by the Giants. Good for the Giants, man. Many were bullish on Josh Jacobs, and he was efficient. Wow, 76 rushing yards, only 13 carries, but he's not active in the passing game, less than 20 yards receiving. So Josh Jacobs, he gave you that that the most hollow 13 fantasy points. He didn't hurt you, didn't really help you. Kenyon Drake, though, six for 70, actually scored more fantasy points. I said watch out for this on the starter stream show. I'm not starting Drake or Jacobs. I just want to wait and see how they're used. I want to see how the touches are distributed. Imagine imagine if the Raiders had been winning. Josh Jacobs would have had 20-plus carries, would have gone over 100 yards, probably would have scored a touchdown. It would have been a Jacobs game. But when they're losing in the fourth quarter, there's going to be more Drake. You're going to see eight targets for Drake, six catches. Just depends. It just depends on the game scripts. So Josh Jacobs can get scripted into mediocrity, where Kenyon Drake, he needs to be scripted into mediocrity, which is why you would start Jacobs if you had to choose. Of course you're starting Jacobs, but because it was the Giants, many were rushing, rushing to play Jacobs. Oh, the Giants give up so many fantasy points to opposing running backs. I was like, no, no, enough with Jacobs. If you have anything, any better option, just play that guy. The upside with Jacobs is low. And just wait. I didn't even know that the touches would especially the carries would skew 13-4. Now that we know that, Josh Jacobs is looking safer heading into week 10 than I than I than he than he did. He's looking safer heading into week 10 than he was heading into week nine. We just didn't know how the touches would be distributed. Now we do. It's that simple. You didn't need to play Josh Jacobs this week. Darren Waller's back. Oh man, seven catches, ninety-two yards, eleven targets. All is right. Fuck. Fuck. In a game where Derek Carr throws the ball 46 times, Brian Edwards four targets, no catches. He was James Brad into oblivion. He got Brad buried. Mother fuck, got Brad buried. Got Brad buried. Brian Edwards was Brad buried. Podfather curse. Cursed by injuries, cursed by opposing cornerback matchups. Love Brian Edwards this week. Love Chase Edmonds. Liked Albert Boonam, but Boonham didn't deliver a big week. He was in and out of the lineup with a knee injury, but he picked up that knee injury after I touted him. Just like A.J. Brown picked up a knee injury after I touted him. We know now that the Titans won, so I'll be curious to see if it was helped by a big week from A.J. Brown. We'll see. Based on the Podfather curse, I'm guessing, no. I like that guy heading into this week, so we probably underwhelmed. God damn it. Brian Edwards. God, shit. Hey, here's a game. Here's my fantasy points must have been scored here. Ravens-Vikings. Oh, we must have had some fantasy points scored here. Oh, had to. Had to. How could you not? Lamar Jackson, three touchdowns, plus 120 on the ground. Oh, baby. Three passing touchdowns, 120 rushing yards. But a bing, but a boom. Another underwhelming week for the running backs from Baltimore because it's Devontae Freeman and Le'Veon Bell. What do you expect? Because Freeman and Bell are their running backs, what are the Ravens doing week in, week out? Dropping back. Dropping back. We're talking about 50 dropbacks for Lamar Jackson. That's what you love. You love a shootout in overtime where Lamar Jackson has 50 dropbacks. Beautiful. And if Lamar Jackson's going to drop back 50 times, we talked about this earlier in the week, keep Marquise Brown. He feels like a sell high because Rashad Bateman is establishing an alpha role there over time. He will become the alpha. So maybe, oh, just get out now on Marquise Brown. No, it's too early. Being early is being wrong. Ride Marquise Brown, gave you 20 fantasy points. Mark Andrews, underwhelming. Bateman, underwhelming. I, I mean, Who didn't score the bare minimum 10 fantasy points this week? It was Mark Andrews. Why? Because, oh, Ricard is getting the touchdown. Duvernay is getting the touchdown. Devontae Freeman is getting the passing touchdown. A rushing touchdown from Le'Veon Bell. No one's playing these guys. Yes, some of you in deep leagues are playing Devontae Freeman. But here we have a game with 65 points on the board. And the touchdowns are being scored by irrelevant fantasy players. No touchdown for Andrews. No touchdown for Bateman. No touchdown for Marquise Brown. Of course. of co- Because of course. This is how no fantasy points get scored by anybody all week. Even in a shootout, we get nothing. For Minnesota, oh, a rushing touchdown for Kirk Cousins. Right? It couldn't be Dalvin Cook. He couldn't give you 110 and a touchdown. No, it's 110 from Cook and then a touchdown from Cousins. See, that's how you do it. At least we have Justin Jefferson, right? Thank you, Justin Jefferson. Just putting up such a Justin Jefferson line. 16 fantasy points, 70 yards and a touchdown. Thank you. Tyler Conklin, right? It's been Conklin and Schultz this year. The streaming tight end options. Shockingly, top five fantasy tight ends. Oh, nothing from Adam Thielen. But, oh, he got you the touchdown. Six receiving yards and a touchdown. So, when a receiver scores a touchdown and goes less than 10 fantasy points, that's a bit of a conundrum. How does Adam Thielen do it? Seven targets, six receiving yards. So it was a very Robbie Anderson-esque week for Adam Thielen, where his yards per target was below one. For a game with 65 points scored, shockingly little to talk about. DuVernay scored. Duverday truthers unite. Patriots-Panthers. Ooh, Patriots-Panthers. Darnold Sticks! Oh, baby! Mac Jones, he doesn't even need to produce. He's just game managing in games like this. They don't need Mac Jones. They're just going to hand it to Ramadre Stevenson and Brandon Bolden, and they can even rest Damian Harris. Oh, baby. Didn't need Jacoby Myers. This is a problem. Jacoby Myers is going to have these weeks where he doesn't do anything. No catches for Nelson Aguilar when. Mac Jones throws the ball less than 20 times. Total blowout. Game wasn't close. Amir Abdullah, though, five targets. Keep an eye on Amir Abdullah. They went out and traded for Amir Abdullah because they want to use him in the passing game. This could be a quarter-all patterson light situation with Amir Abdullah. Robbie Anderson, here we go. Yes, he went under! He went under 1.0 yards per target. Yes! Oh, Robbie Anderson. You suck. So you have Anderson and Darnold together, like former Jets the this sucking vortex. That's what it is. It's a Robbie Anderson sucking vortex. Isn't that the name of the show? That's got to be the name of the show, right? Sucking vortex. I hate to say players suck, but I'm not saying he sucks. I'm saying Sam Darnold sucks. It's a Robbie Anderson sucking vortex. That's the sound you hear. What's that sound? That sucking sound. Oh, yeah, it's Darnold and Anderson. And anyone that drafted Terrace Marshall in seasonal leagues, woof, right? That ADP never made sense. His ADP rose from the late 100s on underdog, underdogfantasy.com. Underdogfantasy.com. We have a pick'em generator for underdog fantasy NFL pick'em. And a lot of these pick'ems come in under. This week was a lot of unders. And now you're seeing a lot of players went under. So Josh Larky knows what he's doing. I see a lot of overs. A lot of people taking overs, suggesting overs. We lean under. Underdogfantasy.com, promo code underworld. You get $100 when you deposit $100. So you get to use $200. You have $200 to play with. It's a $100 instant deposit match for first time depositors on Underdog Fantasy. I know you've been resisting going to the app store and getting Underdog. Just, Just don't. Just go follow Roto Underworld on Instagram and then go get the Underdog app. Just let it go. Because some of you. Your fantasy teams are snake bitten. You still wanna get some action on Sundays. You're still going to the bars, watching these games with your friends. Take some pick's. That's the best way to get that little extra excitement on Sundays. Thanks to underdog. Do it. This game. Wow. Poor DJ Moore. This poor guy. I was still starting him. I still started him this week. What are you gonna do? He even gave you a little bit of rushing. Wow. Well, eight fantasy points. Just, just a sad eight fantasy points from DJ Moore. And Sam Darnold's even bringing down Christian McCaffrey. Wow. Christian McCaffrey, still getting you 14 fantasy points. That, that's, that's, why, that's why he's the best. Even in the worst possible situation for a running back, still gets you 14 fantasy points. That's why he's Christian McCaffrey. No one else is. Oh, yeah. Good game for the Chargers. Look at this. Oh, super efficient game from Herbert. Nice. Oh, Herbert goes 32 of 38. Wow. Probably going to Keenan Allen. If he's that efficient, he's probably targeting Keenan Allen and Keenan Allen had that 13 target game. Oh, wow. 95% catch rate. And Mike Williams. Mike Williams, we talked about Mike Williams. Don't over extrapolate Mike Williams early season production. We have a very large sample now on Mike Williams and what he is, right? Zoom out on Mike Williams and don't get caught in an extrapolation trap. Extrapolating off small samples, you fall into that small sample extrapolation trap year in, year out. That's why it's good to reference our Dynasty rankings. Go to Dynasty Deluxe on Player Profiler and you can see where Mike Williams is and that he never really got through into that the upper echelon of dynasty receivers, even though he was top five in fantasy scoring through five weeks. And it was like, why is Mike Williams so low? Why isn't Mike Williams higher? You guys need to be higher on Mike Williams. He should be up there like Calvin Ridley. It's like, um, we have years, years and years of underwhelming production from from Mike Williams. and And, and that's the beauty of our lifetime value rating system is that if you're 27 years old, and you start throwing up 30-point games, you don't just rock it to the top of the rankings. You incrementally rise week after week after week after week. Right now, Mike Williams is ranked wide receiver 28. And he's up big. He's up big. He's up 33 points this year. But there are wide receivers with twice as much lifetime value. Much more than that. Like, he never came close To Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, Amari Cooper. No, no, no. And the reason why Cooper Cup was rising faster and continued to rise when Mike Williams was not was that Cooper Cup's history of production and efficiency is much more impressive throughout his career. When you zoom out on Cooper Cup, it's good. It gets impressive. When you zoomed out on Mike Williams, it wasn't. That's why he could never rise at the same rate. There was this, this, this governor on the Mike Williams lifetime value rating rise. And it was all those previous years of underwhelming production. It's just interesting to see how systems you put in place years ago, as the years go on, when players drastically exceed expectations or miss expectations, it's fascinating to see how the system pushes and pulls these players up and down. Now Mike Williams is adjacent to Allen Robinson, and Brandon Ayuk. And it's just perfect. And the one receiver of that group that I really want in in Dynasty is Brandon Ayuk. We'll see how he did in a minute. We touted Brandon Ayuk. I'm sure, based on the Podfather curse, I'm sure Brandon Ayuk uh, broke his hand. That's my guess. Like Knowing knowing what, what happened to Chase Edmonds, Akui Boonham was in and out of the lineup with a knee injury, knee injury to A.J. Brown, I'm sure, I'm sure... Brandon Ayuk picked up a hand injury. I'm, I don't know why hand injury. He broke his hand. I know it. I know he did. We'll see. I, I know we'll technically see, but it's my guess. So we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. What about the Eagles? Oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is interesting. So Kenny Gainwell picks up a, a, a just the the ultimate lipstick on a pig touchdown. What is this? How are they doing this to Kenny Gainwell? How was Kenny Gainwell producing more fantasy points earlier in his career when he, was, when he had no experience in the NFL at all and Miles Sanders was on the roster and healthy and active? Now, no Miles Sanders, and they're not using him at all. I think it's because Jordan Howard looks good. Jordan Howard was efficient. 71 yards on 17 attempts. This is noteworthy because Jordan Howard was severely diminished over the last couple years by these lower body injuries, knee injuries, ankle injuries. This is interesting. This is very, very interesting. Miles Sanders was just put on injured reserve 10 days ago. Jordan Howard is the new primary back there. He is the workhorse back there. It's not Boston Scott. So Jordan Howard's the big free agent ad this week. You want Jordan Howard. He's the workhorse. I mean, zero targets, so you don't love it. We're at the end of the waiver wire season in fantasy football. We have this week and next week. We're going to do the waiver wired show. And then it's a wrap. So there's going to be very few options on the waiver wire because there were very few players scoring fantasy points that anyone gives a shit about. There were not a lot of high-profile injuries. So this leads me to believe that Jordan Howard's going to be a coveted free agent ad. Wow. What a world. Good for him. Good for him. He's come back and he's found his agility. And explosiveness. He's never had much agility, but he had some explosiveness. He's found it. He's rediscovered it. Wow. Wow. That is shocking and yet not surprising because Jordan Howard, once upon a time, put up close to 1,500 rushing yards in a season for the Bears. And this explains it. This explains why they're not using Kenny Gainwell. This explains it. That Jordan Howard is looking fresh and reliable. That's the explanation. It doesn't have to be anything more than that. And then the question is when Miles Sanders returns, I was thinking, oh, Miles Sanders is going to return to a bell cow role. Now seeing the way they're using Jordan Howard, he's not. Miles Sanders could come back to a specialist backfield where it's going to be thunder and lightning, Jordan Howard as the thunder, Miles Sanders as the lightning. He's not going to come back to the same snap share he had before, and it's going to be him losing snaps Miles Sanders losing snaps and touches to Jordan Howard of all players Wow oh for all of us with Miles Sanders on IR that's not good news this this box score is awful for anyone that has Miles Sanders much less Kenny Gainwell woof okay oh oh Kyle Shanahan losing record Kyle Shanahan no no Shanahan was down 31-14. <laughs> hey, good streaming day again for Jimmy Garoppolo. Look at him. Another 300-yard performance. Remember all, Remember everyone that rushed out to get Trey Lance in best ball? The Trey Lance best ball ADP and also Justin Fields it never made any sense. How silly was that? You're going to draft a rookie quarterback who barely played football in 2020 from North Dakota State in the same ADP range as Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill. Are you kidding me? That's a thing that happened on Underdog. That's why I love Underdog, because there are exploitable pick'em lines. There are exploitable ADPs. Oh, George Kittle returns, and there's Ayuk. We got him! We got one! We finally had a good call! The non-curse! We had a player avoid the podfather curse. (coughs) the snap share snapped back over 90% for the first time last week. We know he's getting separation. We know he's strong at the catch point. He's completely and utterly rescued from the doghouse. Still was out-targeted by Debo Samuel because he always is, but it's so close now. Now it's so close. This time, week nine, more receptions, more receiving yards. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. But I like, I like the five catches. For Elijah Mitchell. and Someone was asking on Starter Stream about Jeff Wilson. I was like, you're going to start Jeff Wilson? Wait and see on Jeff Wilson. So everyone that waited and see it on Jeff Wilson, congratulations. Arizona, Eno Benjamin with a touchdown. Oh, that was the question. Would they turn to Eno Benjamin? They activated him. See, they activated Eno Benjamin. Eno Benjamin has a Duke Johnson profile. He's a close comp to Duke Johnson. I want Eno Benjamin. Okay, I would rather have Eno Benjamin on the waiver wire than Jordan Howard. Jordan Howard is just going to give you yards. And the problem is Jalen Hurts can rush the ball in just as easily as Jordan Howard. He's not catching the ball in the passing game. We know that Eno Benjamin is a quality receiver. He was in there in place of Chase Edmonds. I think the roles will shift. It's going to be more you 55-60% know, James Conner. James Connor is looking like a league-winning running back in the middle rounds. Wow. Wow. Look how injuries can skew production. But James Conner was being productive before the injury to Chase Edmonds. James Conner was scoring all the touchdowns there. There's a lot of touchdowns to be scored. And last year, the Cardinals had a shockingly high run-to-pass ratio. So they ran in the ball, especially in neutral game script situations, much more than they should have to run an optimal offense. That's why oh oh Cliff Kingsbury, he's a fake sharp, he's a fake innovator. Well, that corrected somewhat this 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 year, except for this week because they started Colt McCoy, who was super efficient, great play. Anyone that played Colt McCoy in the Scott Fishbowl, congratulations. That was the consideration: go McCoy or Brissett. Brissett's playing the Texans. Oh, but McCoy keeping the ball close to the line of scrimmage. Super efficient. Ertz, Rondale Moore, five for five. But Rondale Moore didn't have the big didn't have the big spike week. We thought maybe he could he could break a long one. Didn't. Of course it, No one did anything this week except Brandon Ayuk. Yes. But I want Edo Benjamin. I want Edo Benjamin. He, he could get a forty five percent snap share and the lion's share of the running back targets, and that is the great source of fantasy point production. Not what Jordan Howard does in Philadelphia. Another super underwhelming week overall, but also for the waiver wire. Benjamin Howard, those are my early stack ranked running backs for the waiver wire selection. We even saw a little Chris Straveller. Wow. Look at him. Oh, wow. Packers, Chiefs, woof. See, I had Jordan Love in the Scott Fishbowl, but then Brissett and McCoy opened up. So. Much easier to start those guys with confidence, knowing that Jordan Love could easily have a sub fifty percent completion percentage. He gave you nothing because he's not good, right? But still, I understand why you would want to throw a dart on Jordan Love in the late first round or second round, more a second round pick because he had the arm talent, showed that at the Senior Bowl, and we've seen with Josh Allen that you can be inefficient in college, but if you have that arm talent, if you have the size and and the tool set, that that's worth chasing. So in retrospect, I understand why the Packers went out and got Jordan Love, but no, that's an upside play. The downside is what you're getting from Jordan Love here, and it's just burying Devontae Adams. 42 yards on 14 targets. Gross. Just gross. Put Alan Lazard back in the bottle, one target. Marquez Valdez, Scantling, two targets. It's Adams and Cobb. Cobb and Adams. Ugh. 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 Empty calorie touches for Damian Williams. Ugh. Travis Kels, though. Look at Travis Kels just finding a way. 60 yards and a touchdown. Nothing overwhelming. No spike weeks from Tyreek Hill. 13 points. Oh God. The protection for Patrick Mahomes is just so poor. At what point with Patrick Mahomes getting crushed, Josh Allen looking bad, inefficient, low target depth, lots of interceptions, Kyler Murray. Missing the game with an ankle injury. All these top quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks for Dynasty, their Dynasty rating is coming down. Their lifetime value rating coming down in Dynasty for all these top quarterbacks, except Justin Herbert. Oh, Herbert going up. The other quarterbacks going down in Dynasty. I'm so glad I just traded for Herbert in a 2QB league. I did that. Packaged Tua and... Zach Wilson and DeAndre Hopkins and Logan Thomas and J.D. McKissick and just everyone that couldn't help me this year just said, "Hey, give me Herbert." And finally, Rams Titans. Let's see. Let's see how pervasive the Podfather curse was this week. How did A.J. Brown do? Because I I I said I went on TikTok and all the social platforms. A.J. Brown, wide receiver one, the rest of the way. Let's see what he did. Huh. Eleven targets. We love. 5 for 42. No touchdowns. <laughs> perfect. Just perfect. Just That's exactly what I expected. As expected. I did not expect Peterson to get a target. Wow. We had the 3 for 3 for McNichols, but this was not a McNichols game. This was a Peterson game, but instead it was Dante Foreman. So Dante Foreman is going to be interesting on the waiver wire. So now we have Eno Benjamin. We have Jordan Howard, but also Dante Foreman, if he's getting these carries and he's looking more fresh and explosive than Adrian Peterson, you got to look at Foreman in deep leagues. McNichols, hey, seven carries, ten touches, this is what we want. He's going to give you explosive plays. He's going to be active in the passing game. This is why we like McNichols. This is the bare minimum you're going to get from McNichols, right? But I would not drop him. Do not drop McNichols. This was... A Peterson game, not a McNichols game. Because if you look at the scoreboard, I mean, the Titans were up 21-6. So you're not going to get a lot of McNichols activity when it's 21-6. And Julio Jones is so fragile. This is with Julio Jones active. Hold McNichols because we're going to have some more weeks with Julio Jones inactive. And I think those will be more likely to be spike weeks for McNichols. Rare... Rare down week for Stafford. It was a down week for everybody. Down week for Henderson. Even Cooper Cup. Even Cooper Cup only gave you 20 fantasy points. Only 20 fantasy points from Cooper Cup. But none of the fringe guys that we like, week in, week out, like Van Jefferson this week, didn't deliver. Of course he didn't. Of, co- of course he didn't. Yeah. A cursed week for the Pod Father. But the silver lining is, it was a cursed week for everybody. Woo! NFL fuckery at its finest. sh ina he sh ina he